Why is it that some men are able to create thriving relationships, financial abundance, and deep fulfillment and happiness, while so many others seem to stay stuck in mediocrity, unable to have what they want in life? My name is Dave Wheel, and this podcast is about the men out there doing the work themselves and leading the charge and sharing it with the world. It's my mission to inspire more men to step up, face their fears, and do the work so more men can overcome their suffering, create better relationships, and have more fulfillment in their lives. This is Men Doing the Work by Alpha Rising. Welcome back to the show. Today, I have the pleasure of sitting down with another good friend of mine, Colin Powell. Colin is a leadership coach and biz ops consultant. Colin loves playing at the intersection of biz ops, leadership development, and somatic healing. He combines his diverse background of being a Zen monk for seven years, which we take into in the episode, and scaling dozens of businesses since. He has developed a knack for simplifying the complex, seeing patterns in human behavior and business, and building systems that drive results. Colin is also a certified breathwork facilitator and leads a men's group for Asian Americans who are re-patterning their cultural and social conditioning so they can step into being integrated leaders. Colin is an absolute beauty, good friend of mine. We co-led a men's group with Arca Brotherhood for a couple years together, and I'm super excited to dig in here. If you want to hear more about Colin, this will be in the show notes as well, but you can find him on IG at YourPalColin and his website, www.colinpal.com. All right. Thank you for being here. Uh, it's my pleasure to share this with you, and let's dive in. This is another one of our short little teaser episodes. As part of our launch, we are going to be digging into one question with Colin. Uh, it's kind of two parts, but Colin, thank you so much for being on the show. I am curious, where did this journey all start for you with, with doing this inner work, with doing the work? Where, where did that first, what was it, like, where did you first kind of get started with that? Well, how did it begin for you? And, you know, it, was there any big program or teacher or experience that you went through that was really a catalyst for, for you stepping into this? Yeah. Uh, thanks, Dave. And thanks for having me here. It's uh, yeah, always fun coming with you. <laughs> yeah, likewise. Yeah. Uh, what got me all started on this? Uh, let's say it started with a very deep curiosity, and I kind of stumbled upon all of this <laughs> at a very young age. Uh, so I grew up in a very Buddhist family, uh, and so uh, I spent a lot of my weekends uh, practicing at the Buddhist monastery and uh, learning about uh, the the Buddhist traditions, as well as learning how to uh, meditate and practice mindfulness and from that young age, there was just deep curiosity of wanting to dive more and learn more about how do I become more intimate with myself? How do I get to understand myself? And and uh, what makes me click? What makes people click, right? And so from that curiosity, combine that with meeting the right mentors at the right time. At the age of 13, I actually decided to leave my family and join the Buddhist monastery to uh, to become a monk. Uh, and so, uh, <laughs> that's kind of uh, how it all not, started. Not your average 13 year old ambitions. There. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not something an average 13 year old thinks of, but, uh, it, uh, yeah, it was a profound experience for me. It was life-changing, uh, considering that I spent my most developmental years, uh, I spent seven years in the monastery. So all of my teenage years, uh, just learning to meditate, practicing mindfulness, learning to be with my own emotions, and then even just stepping into being a teacher as well. 
right? Mm-hmm. Um, over, you know, the seven years uh, progressed to, to becoming a, an actual meditation teacher and teaching that and leading and running retreats. And so that was kind of the uh, the intro for me to, uh, to the inner work and all of this that we do here. Yeah, no doubt. So, you know, it's so interesting. Like a lot of people that we talk to on the show, it's it's like, oh, I had this big crisis or I lost my job or my company or my wife left me or, you know, something big like that. But it's a little bit different story for you getting introduced to it super young. Um, but you, when we were jamming before, you said there was like another turning point as well. I'm curious mm-hmm. to hear more about that. Yeah. So as I mentioned, right, at the age of 13, I stumbled into all this work and, uh, you know, got the opportunity to to, to emerge, uh, not emerge, to be immersive in the experience of doing the inner work day after day, day after day. Uh, and, and, you know, it became a, a practice. It became a routine for me. It became a ritual for me. Right. Um, but I wouldn't say I've gotten serious about it because, uh, you know, as you mentioned, there's always a catalyst where we realize um, uh, how painful what we're holding is here and the desire to uh, to transform that pain into power. That And, and uh, that catalyst for me was actually after I left the monastery. Right? So at the age of 20, I left the monastery. Same curiosity that brought me into the monastery, brought me out of the monastery, wanting to take, you know, what I've learned there and to bring it out into the world, to also experience the world. Right. I, you know, I have always believed that that journey uh, inwards and that journey as a monk was, um, you know, really to prepare myself to better meet the world and show up more powerfully in the world. Uh, And so I did that, not knowing how the world work, right, (laughs) works. Um, 20 years old, came out into the world, had no idea how to do anything. Right. And so, um, you know, I spent the next five years or so pretty much exploring um, my new relationship with the world, including exploring my curiosity to everything that was happening in the world. All the things you didn't get to experience as a teenager in a exactly. monastery. <laughs> yeah. Everything that I couldn't get to experience as a teenager in the monastery, everything from going out and partying and drugs, sex, all of that, right? Just really uh, satisfying my desires that I didn't get the, uh, the, the opportunity to do in the monastery. Um, and, uh, kind of through that journey, I, I ended up losing a bit of myself, losing my, uh, losing touch with who I am. All right. And I ended up going down a really dark path where, uh, you know, it's like, oh, I left the monastery, uh, to embark on this greater mission to make a change in the world. And then I'm looking at myself, waking up in the morning, hungover, and just like, what am I doing with my life? Mm. Right. And it's like, just feeling like I failed so miserably. Like, oh, I was put on this path to do greater good. And look where I am now. I've, you know, spent the last five years achieving absolutely nothing, helping not even a single soul. I, I just felt like I've strayed away from the path so far, right? And, and I went through a really dark, depressive state of just who am I? What am I doing? Did I make, a, did I make the wrong move? Should I just go back and be a monk again, Right. Part of my ego is just like, no, I can still do this. <laughs> but a part of me was just like, should I just give up? And so that was the catalyst that actually brought me back to, okay, well, the one thing I do know for certain is I have learned a lot of tools. I have learned a lot of practices that have served me, right? And so it was a matter of like, can I come back to that? Rather than sitting with all the pain, the frustration, the anger, the shame, the guilt, and all these emotions that are arising within me. It's like, how do I actually use these now as an opportunity to actually practice? Because 
in the monastery, things were great all the time. We didn't have uh, to worry about bills that need to be paid. We didn't have to worry about, uh, <laughs> you know, it was it was a very um, beautiful environment to get to practice, but it didn't give many opportunities to actually work with the real emotions, the real difficulties, the real challenges, right? And so it's like, oh, I have that now. I fucking, I'm, I'm feeling guilty. I'm feeling shame. I'm feeling, I'm beating myself up. All this anger, this feeling of uh, lack of self-worth, right? So I was like, okay. So that was the catalyst for me to like, okay, I get the opportunity to take everything I've learned, learn more about that as well, but actually use what I'm feeling here to actually practice with that. Mm. And so that was kind of my journey of uh, coming back home to uh, to really who I am and owning myself and reclaiming myself and reclaiming my gifts and my geniuses. And mm. that eventually led to the path of getting to share that now with the world. Mm. That's awesome, man. And what I'm curious, like once you had that kind of that big dip, essentially, and you you know had the that period of going through, you know, as you said, like a bit of depression and feeling like shit and who am I and all these things. What was the first piece as you started to come back home to you and to like, you know, dig more into this? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think you'll appreciate this. Psychedelics and a lot of somatic work. <laughs> <laughs> You're speaking my language. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, I've, I've, uh, I had the tools of meditation, mindfulness, and I was practicing that. I was getting back into the routine of that. But I also realized there was just so much conditioning and programming that I wasn't able to rewire and work with on that level of just being mindful and just really sitting with it. All right. And so I started to dive down a path. Of, okay. Well, what are there, you know, are there alternative modalities that I can learn that I can bring in to supplement my meditation, my mindfulness practice, right. Uh, to allow me to go much deeper into the unconscious levels of myself and really process what was going there. All right, to process the uh, the traumas, to process the pain, the uh, everything that was being held within my body. Right? And so that led me down the path of exploring somatic work, right? And learning to do breath work and practicing and leveraging breath work and uh, uh, to, to process all the, you know, just the energetic blocks and everything that was being trapped in the body, right? And then also practicing with uh, plant medicine and psychedelics as well, right? And, and leaning on those as, as beautiful teachers to, to, you know, really reflect back to me what uh, I get to see, right? And, and, yeah, so those are the two things that really got me more serious into uh, <laughs> to this journey, this ongoing journey, never-ending journey of healing and doing the inner work. Mm. Oh man, um, isn't it though? There's <laughs> <laughs> just more layers as you keep going. More layers, more depth, more, more, and and more of the same sometimes too. It seems. But <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, epic, man! Thank you so much for sharing that piece of your journey. I'm super excited to keep going with our interview and dig in more and hear more about the monastery, all the lessons that came and, and more of the, the in-between of how you got from there to where you are now. <laughs> uh, so we'll, we'll wrap up right there for today. But before we do, any last words from you uh, to share with the audience uh, you know, before we wrap up? Yeah, I think the biggest thing that a lot of people don't talk about when we talk about the inner work here is uh, community, the piece around healing together, right? I think when we talk about inner work, there's a lot of this uh, focus on, you know, your own personal inner work and healing yourself, right? Um, and, and like what I've learned uh, over the years here is self-regulation and self-healing is only half the game, right? We are relational beings, all of our issues, problems, challenges, traumas 
stemmed from relational issues and therefore the true healing, right? The other half of the game here comes from uh, healing together, right? And so um, do the inner work, do all of that. Yes, and find community, find support groups, find, you know, men's groups, right? To, to do this healing work together, right? Otherwise, this doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work until we heal together. Yeah. Totally. Couldn't, couldn't have said it better myself. Um, it's, you know, like I, similar, I've been in it for ages and then it was getting involved with Arca Brotherhood and doing this work in community with, with you, with other guys. It's like, it healed so much for me. So definitely yeah, sound advice. Uh, I can't do it in a silo. <laughs> definitely can't. Amazing, brother. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you spending some time. Stoked to share more and dig in more to your story in the full interview. And uh, and we'll, we'll see you then. And thank you all again. And we'll see you next time. If you enjoyed this content, I would love if you would hop on, subscribe, leave a review, and download the episode, share them with your friends, help us with our mission of getting this message out to the world, helping men heal and rise and and be willing to take on support because there's a lot of men suffering out there. So thank you again, and we'll see you on the next episode. Men doing the work.